Welcome, listeners, to our patron-requested review of Speed. He can strike anywhere, at any time. Will the mystery guest please sign in? Why are they messing with me? Do they think I'm doing this for fun? For L.A. cop Jack Traven. Tell me again, Harry, why did I take this job? Oh, come on, 30 more years of this, you get a tiny pension and a cheap gold watch. Cool. The game began. Very exciting, Jack. Some close calls, huh? When someone put the city of Los Angeles to the ultimate test. Pop quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. If it drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? What do you do? Now. Are you insured? Yeah, why? He's the only solution. We just got a ransom demand from your terrorist. Says he's rigged the city bus. Where's Jack? Where do you think? Stay on or get off. Get off. This is much better. Everybody hold on! So, Speed, the 1994 American action thriller film starring Keanu Reeves, Dennis Hopper, Sandra Bullock, Joe Morton and Jeff Daniels, directed by Jan de Bont, who was basically a cinematographer for his whole career. He did the cinematography for Die Hard. This was actually his first director debut role. For speed here. Uh, was it his only director movie? It's pretty close. He only did a couple of other ones. He did the the sequel to this, Speed Two Cruise Control. Oh, he did Twister. Twister was yeah. big. Twister was very big. That I speed mean, Speed and Twister are his big ones. Him going, you know, Speed and then backing that up with Twister. This was a massive up and coming director, and then did Speed Two, The Haunting, and Lara Croft Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider: The Cradle of Life, his last ever film. Yeah, so fizzled out really quick, didn't he? Yes, he did. Cinematography by Andre Batkoyak. I've butchered that. I'm not going to attempt it again. Uh, Cinematography mostly known for Twins, uh, Falling Down, which I haven't seen. I I hear it's quite good, though. And a personal favourite of yours and mine, The Devil's Advocate. Ah, yes, of course, The Devil's Advocate. A, uh, A fine film. Said no one. Music by Mark Mancina. We've spoken about Mark Mancina before briefly. He did the music for Bad Boys and Con Air, mostly uh, 90s action films he was he was known for. So Jan de Bont wasn't the first director attached to this film. There was a couple of other, other considerations, including Rennie Harlan, who did Die Hard 2, John McTiernan, who of course did Die Hard and Predator, and Quentin Tarantino. They were all offered the choice to direct this, but they all actually turned it down. God, as if Tarantino would do a film like this. Tarantino named this film as one of his 20 favourite films since 1992. Why 92? We've said it, we've spoken about this before because 1992 was when he did Reservoir Dogs. Oh, and changed <laughs> cinema forever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there was no films before 1992 after Reservoir Dogs. So did you see who actually was uh, the writer for this film? Uh, yeah, the guy that created Justified. Who's that? Uh, Graham Yost. No, you must have got your trivia wrong there because it was actually Joss Whedon who was an uncredited scriptwriter for this. Oh, sorry, I went by the credited scriptwriter. Silly me. No, well, according to Graham Yost, Whedon wrote most of the dialogue in this film. So even the credited writer is saying that the uncredited writer did most of the work. Well, why was Joss Whedon not credited then? I don't know. Maybe he wasn't a big-time name back then. Graham Yost was a bigger name. Well, how the tables turned. 
That's right. So looking at some casting choices here, the role of Howard Payne, which eventually went to obviously Dennis Hopper, was actually going to be Jack Nicholson or Robert De Niro. What do you think of that? Yeah, I can see both of them doing it. Probably I'd take Nicholson over De Niro for the role, but honestly, I'd take Hopper over both of them. Yeah, Yandemont cast Hopper because he didn't want a typical villain. He wanted Howard Payne to be a regular guy who just snapped one day. And fell down. Wrong film. Ah, it's close. Should get Michael Douglas as Howard Payne. Did Falling Down come out after this or before it? I think it was before it. I No, I think it was after it, Falling Down. What year did this come out? 94. Oh, I thought it came out in 92. Yeah, Falling Down was 93. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> so the film was originally written for the intention that Jeff Bridges would play Jack and Ellen DeGeneres would play Annie. And DeGeneres was considered because the role of Annie was going to be a, quite a comedic role in contrast with the serious role of Jack. What do you think of a Jeff Bridges, Ellen DeGeneres film here? I think half of that would be great. Which half? Uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah? Not a big Jeff Bridges fan? Not a big Sandra Bullock fan, Hendo. <laughs> You're not a Sandra Bullock fan? Oh, no. You've just lost all the Sandy B fans out there. I don't think there's any Sandy B fans. There definitely is, okay? If there are... Stop alienating half the audience here. They don't call her Sandy B. But, of course, this didn't go to Jeff Bridges. Of course, it went to Keanu Reeves. Yann DeBont cast Keanu Reeves after seeing him in Point Break, which fits. He felt that the actor was vulnerable on the screen. He's not threatening to men because he's not that bulky, and he looks great to women. He's got it all, except acting ability. <laughs> yeah, Keanu Reeves actually turned down the role at the start. He found that the script was too much like Die Hard. Too complicated. For his acting ability? Yeah. There's too many lines. Too many lines I have to say. What is this reading? <laughs> <laughs> he did sign on, obviously, after Jan de Bont brought in Joss Whedon to rewrite the script. So why is he coming on after he hears of this Joss Whedon fella? This Joss Whedon fella who, according to you, was a nobody at this point. Well, maybe it wasn't because of Whedon per se, but it was the fact that they were rewriting the script. Who knows? Maybe they took out all the big words for him. Yeah, as long as they kept the word bomb, bus, and break... And 50 miles per hour. What about speed? (laughs) Speed's good, yeah. What about a favourite of ours? Pub quiz, asshole. Yeah, it's always great seeing one of our our sound drops come in organically in a film. And I I, I knew it was coming because of all the pub quiz that they do at the start. I was like, oh, was that from this? Like, I had no idea. Yeah, there's been a couple of our sound drops we've done uh, now, I think. Bad Boys. Yeah, there's Bad Boys. There's the Harry Potter one that we missed as well. Donnie Darko, of course. There's still a couple more to go that we'll get to, hopefully, eventually. Can't wait for that Jumanji review, hey? See, I don't I don't even know what, what sound drops we got in there. Do we do we play It's a Stampede or something? What? <laughs> Any last words? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course, now, now that you hear it. The hunter guy. Yeah. So, Jan de Bont insisted that Keanu Reeves get a sensible haircut, as it would befit a hard-working cop. And 21st Century Fox were horrified when they saw the buzz cut that he got with, for the film... And they threatened to postpone the film to allow him to get bring his hair back. But uh, obviously they didn't because he's got pretty short hair in the film still. Yeah, he has a buzz cut in this yeah. film. So they must have folded. They're like, all right, let's just get on with it. I don't mind the buzz cut. Yeah, looks fine. Who cares? <laughs> 20th Century Fox did apparently. Keanu Reeves did about 90% of his own stunts too. I think that's about the same for The Matrix. He was very stunt heavy in that as well. Yeah, I mean, God, if he can't do his own action, what can he do? Certainly can't do his own acting. That's why he did so well in The Matrix and John Wick. Like, it's all action, all stunts, I'm in. I'll do it. So, obviously, we have Jeff Daniels here as Jack's sidekick, Harry. That was originally supposed to be played by Ed Harris. And in the version they had, 
he was going to be revealed as the Mad Bomber. However, when Harris dropped out of the project, Jeff Daniels signed on and the producers felt that the audience would not accept the sudden twist in character, so Harry was kept as the good guy throughout and obviously they made the Mad Bomber a separate character. God, I could totally see Ed Harris as Howard Payne. Could you see him as his sidekick friend who turns on him? I mean, yeah, I can. I just You just think about how he is in The Rock. Like, you can see it. You definitely can. So there are about 10 buses that were used in the making of this film. Each one had two steering wheels, one for Sandra Bullock and the other for the stunt driver, who was more often than not on the roof of the bus. Like Mr. Bean. Maybe a little bit different. Maybe there wasn't a rope swinging into the, the windows <laughs> and a broom for the sure break. You, I wasn't sure if you'd remember that. <laughs> nah, I love that. I love that episode. So the script was pitched to Paramount Studios, which placed the movie in a turnaround. They suggested to Graham Yost that his script, which called for the movie to end after everyone gets off the bus... Uh, It had too much bus in it, implying that the audience would not go for a movie in which a bus is driving around for two hours. So Yost then ended up adding in the, I guess, the third act of this film, the subway scenes, and the modified script was presented to 20th Century Fox, who agreed to film the movie. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm torn about that, but okay. Interesting. So you you don't think this third act is necessary, worth it? I mean, there's elements that are okay, but I could easily see it done a lot better. We'll get to it later on. So the film literally ran out of money before it was completed. When the film was first previewed for an audience, the subway scenes were actually animated storyboards, and the audience loved them so much that the studio came up with the funds to shoot the scenes properly. Why would they even bother showing animated storyboards? That's crazy. But it worked out well for them, didn't it? I mean, if the animated storyboards got the audience to be excited about it, perfect. Nailed the job. Yeah, I guess. So a Fox producer realised they might have a hit movie on their hands when he noticed that during test screenings, audience members would walk backwards when they needed to go to the bathroom so they wouldn't miss anything. You know, there is a better way to do it other than walk backwards. (laughs) You could just not leave. Yeah. (laughs) Just hold it in for a fucking half hour. (laughs) They knew they had a hit on their hand when the audience would literally piss in a bottle to not have to miss anything. (laughs) But this was released in America on the 7th of June in 1994. The film was originally supposed to be released in August of 1994 as 20th Century Fox had concerns that the film would underperform at the box office and they felt it would be a worthy action successor to True Lies, which opened that July. Even despite all the backwards walking in cinema? I don't know if True Lies got any of that backwards walking. Maybe that's when they realised this is probably better than True Lies. I didn't see any backwards walking then. But the film no obviously one did- was walking. <laughs> But the film obviously performed very well during the test screenings, and they loved it so much, which prompted Fox to move the release date up to June as their first movie of the summer season, and to provide the adult action competition in comparison with the family-friendly The Flintstones, which opened two weeks earlier. The Halle Berry Flintstones. The John Goodman, Rick Moranis one. I think Is Rick Moranis in that? I think I saw that at the cinemas from memory. That was the first film I saw at the, the drive-in cinema. Nice. Yeah, I think it was like seven. I think maybe the first eight. film. I think the first film I saw at the drive-ins was probably National Treasure Two. That's a long way away from the Flintstones. I was probably twenty-one, <laughs> twenty-two, maybe. But this film has a runtime of one hundred and sixteen minutes, with one tagline only. And I think they were predicting the future here because the tagline is "Get ready for rush hour." Very clever. <laughs> you don't have much to say about that one, do you? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Budget of about thirty million dollars. Worldwide, gross $350 million. Holy shit, that's huge. Yeah, massive success, old speed. So there was an instance where a schoolboy saved the lives of a school bus full of kids when the driver had a heart attack. He ended up climbing on the driver's lap and jumping on the brake pedal and pulling the bus to the side of the road. And when they asked later why he did it, he told them that he had seen that bus movie. 
And how old was this kid? Maybe, what, looks like 12, I'd guess 12. Okay, okay. Saw that bus movie. Yeah. I think it was called The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down. (laughs) That was the alternate name for the film. (laughs) Uh, But looking at some ratings here, Rotten Tomatoes give this a 94%, saying it's a terrific popcorn thriller. Speed is taut, tense and energetic, with outstanding performances from Reeves, Hopper and Bullock. Metacritic give it a 78%. Letterboxd give it a 3.5, and IMDb have this at 7.2, over 319,000 ratings. That's a decent-sized score for speed. Across the board, very positive. Yeah, but this is a patron-requested review, as we said, and it comes from our awesome patron, Mr. Chris Beardsall, so thank you very much for this one, buddy. Yeah, thanks, mate. But let's get into what we think of the film, Dean. Let's do it. Thank you very much, listeners, for checking out this patron preview. Yeah, if you want to check out the whole episode, we've got everything over on at patreon.com slash themoviejourney. And we've got over 70 bonus episodes over there, including film series such as the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series. We've also gone through some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright and Quentin Tarantino. That's right. There's also tons of benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular. Exactly. You can also shape the show the way you want it to be by telling us what films you would like us to break down. And Dean said it's spot on patreon.com slash the movie journey. Go ahead and head over there and check out all the rewards and benefits we have to offer. And we thank you once again for checking us out. Thanks, y'all. 